0: Welcome to the Wrestling House Show. My name is Chris, and today I would like to present to you some of my thoughts on this year's New Japan Cup. If you've listened to the Wrestling House Show for a while, you might have heard my coverage of last year's G1 Climax 29, which is, of course, still and always available on CNJRadio.com, the home of the CNJ Radio family of podcasts. But this, tonight, is going to be a little bit different from that. For the G1, I went very in-depth with each and every match during that entire tour, and even though I enjoyed doing it, afterwards it felt like it might be a little bit of overkill. But I love New Japan Pro Wrestling and I want to talk about it more and share it with people, so here's what I have planned. In this mini-sode of The Wrestling House Show that you're listening to right now, I'm going to basically talk about the entire New Japan Cup, but I'm going to present it as a best of list. Well, I say best of, but what I really mean is that this will be a list of my favorite matches that happened during the tournament that I think people should really see, so if you missed any or all of the cup, then you can listen to me talk for a bit, then go watch the matches I suggest, and get a much quicker and very high-quality digest version of the New Japan Cup. But that's a little bit wordy, so I'm just going to call it my best of list. And if you really do want to know all of the results from every match, and my brief thoughts about all of those matches, I do write-ups on pretty much every wrestling show I watch, and you can find those on cnjradio.com. But without any further explanation or hesitations, here are my top 7 matches that I think you need to see from New Japan Pro Wrestling's New Japan Cup 2020. This year's New Japan Cup was originally supposed to take place back in March, but due to the ongoing worldwide pandemic and Tokyo's lockdown, New Japan went on hiatus, and we weren't sure when they would be able to start doing shows again. So the Cup was cancelled, and as the hiatus grew longer, the Best of the Super Junior tournament was cancelled as well. After months of watching the news and waiting for a glimmer of hope, Tokyo's state of emergency was lifted, and New Japan cautiously announced that it would resume shows. It was announced that we would indeed get a New Japan Cup this year, but due to the delay and the ongoing travel restrictions, many of the wrestlers originally scheduled to compete in the tournament could no longer take part. In total, 14 of the original 32 wrestlers would not be in the new lineup, so of course many of the matches had to be changed. One of the few matches that was still able to take place as originally planned was Minoru Suzuki vs Yuji Nagata, and that is the first match on my best of list. Suzuki vs. Nagata took place in the first round on June 17th during the second night of competition. It wasn't even the main event of the night, but in my opinion, it was the match to beat during the first round. Suzuki and Nagata are both 52 years old, and I think they can often fall into support roles for some of the younger wrestlers. Prior to this year, Nagata had only made it out of the first round of the cup once ever since he won it in 2011, and Suzuki hasn't fared a whole lot better in that same time. In last year's G1, Suzuki made a point of letting everyone know that he wasn't happy about being left out of that tournament, so coming into this tournament, I think both men felt like they had something to prove. And boy did they prove that they have a lot to offer to the world of professional wrestling. This was a straight up Strong Style slugfest. Suzuki and Nagata beat the crap out of each other, then they did a little bit of outside the ring shenanigans, and then they got back in the ring and beat the crap out of each other some more. The match went on for about 20 minutes, and I loved every minute of it. I wouldn't go so far as to say I was surprised with how good the match is, because I think both guys are great, but I was very happy to see both of them put on such a great performance. We weren't even halfway through the first round of the tournament when this match took place, and it set up a great precedent for the rest of the cup. Seeing such a great match on the second night of competition had me even more excited for what was in store. Now, I'll do my best not to spoil who won this or any of the tournament matches I talk about, but of course you'll be able to figure out some of the winners if I talk about anyone more than once just based on the fact that it's a single elimination tournament. But again, you can check out cnjradio.com if you want the full results and winners, but I think you should definitely check out Suzuki vs. Nagata even if you figure out who won the match, which if you continue listening to this best of list, you will definitely figure it out. This is the style of match that I most associate New Japan Pro Wrestling with. A hard-hitting contest with two guys just daring each other to hit them. And speaking of hard-hitting, the next match on my best-of list is a rematch from the first night of last year's Best of the Super Juniors tournament. It was Shingo Takagi versus Sho, and I loved this match in the New Japan Cup probably just as much as their Super Junior match. Last year, Sho wanted to be the first man to defeat Shingo one-on-one in New Japan. He fell short of that goal, but his match with Shingo at that time elevated Sho into a viable singles competitor who had the potential to transcend his weight class. Shingo has since officially moved into the heavyweight division, but since he has the never openweight title, Sho can still target Shingo in singles competition. It really felt like Sho was looking to avenge his loss to Shingo last year, and he came at the never openweight champ with a barrage of attacks right from the start of the match. Shingo is usually very calm and in control in the ring, but Sho had him reeling for a good part of the match. Shingo of course came back with some brutal offense of his own, and the match went back and forth more and more as it went longer, but I think Sho was trying to open up a lot of people's eyes and remind them of what a powerhouse he can be. I enjoyed this match a ton, and I really liked how it was somewhat different from their previous one-on-one encounter. In the best of the Super Juniors, Show tried to exploit a possible weakness of Shingo's two submissions, but this time Show just met Shingo power for power. Like Nagata vs. Suzuki, this was about two guys attempting to show that they're tougher and stronger than their opponent. Shingo's one of my favorites, and matches like this are why Sho is climbing up into my favorites as well. Shingo vs Sho happened on June 22nd during the first round and the third night of competition, and that night had a stacked card. When I first saw the matchups for the first round, this was the night I was most looking forward to. And I wasn't disappointed, because the next match on my best of list happened on the very same night, and it was the very next match. If you look at the picture from the New Japan Cup bracket, then it would be very easy to tell what they were setting up with the top right bracket. Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi were the tag champs at the time, and Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. had already established themselves as the next contender for the titles. And so, sure enough, the top two matches on that right side of the bracket were Tanahashi vs Chi and Sabre vs Ibushi. The winners of those two matches would then face each other before one of them would move on into the quarterfinals. So clearly, the two teams would have to split their matches in the first round so the champions and the challengers could fight again in the second round and without spoiling exactly who won, yeah, that's just what happened. Even though the bracket was kind of predictable once the first match happened, I still enjoyed all of it. My favorite match out of this whole situation though was Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. in the first round during Night 3 on June 22nd. These are two of my favorite guys in the company, so it was really no surprise to me that I enjoyed the match as much as I did. And yeah, maybe I'm a little biased because of that, but this was still just a great match. It wasn't super flashy or anything like that, and there weren't any big risks taken by either man. Instead, Sabre drew Ibushi into his style of match to begin with, so lots of grappling and technical wrestling, then Ibushi started laying in a lot of strikes as the match went on. The match built up really well. Ibushi tried to hang with Sabre on the mat for a while, and he did great, but Sabre was building up a lot of damage over time, so Ibushi had to change things up. Abushi created some distance and hit strikes, but Sabre had a lot of great counters. The strikes started to add up, and Sabre struggled as the match went on. Sabre is always only a hold away from winning though, so the tension was held all the way through to the end. This was great, and I'm glad it happened first out of all the other matches in this bracket between the tag champs and the challengers. That left it more open for either man to win. Taichi vs. Tanahashi was really good too, but it was easy to guess who was going to win that after knowing the result of Saber vs. Ibushi. The winner of the next match on my New Japan Cup 2020 best of list wasn't too difficult to guess either, but it was a ton of fun to see it play out. Hiromu Takahashi was on a mission in the New Japan Cup. He had challenged Naito to a double title match before everything got cancelled and New Japan went on hiatus, so Hiromu was determined to win the cup to get the match that he was promised. I believed he could do it too. Hiromu had a not too surprising win against Tomoaki Honma in the first round, but his past caught up to him in the second round. Hiromu Takahashi went up against Toru Yano in the second round of the New Japan Cup during Night 5 on June 24th, and that is the next match on my best of list. So there's some history between Hiromu and Yano. Yano used to be a real bastard, and when Hiromu was a young lion, Yano basically bullied him. Their whole thing led up to Yano shaving part of Hiromu's hair, and that apparently traumatized Hiromu. At least, whenever Hiromu realized that he would have to face Yano one on one in the second round of the cup, the trauma all kinda came back up to the surface and Hiromu seemed absolutely terrified every time he saw Yano. In the build up to their tournament match, Yano kind of brushed it off like it was no big deal, but at the same time he brought clippers to the ring and made a point of reminding Hiromu that his hair was in danger once again. It set up Yano as the clear bad guy in their match and had there been a crowd in attendance, I think they would have been 100% in support of Hiromu Takahashi. The match itself was kind of bizarre. I won't spoil any of it because it deserves your attention without knowing exactly what happens. Just don't expect a lot of actual wrestling to take place. I mean, you can say that about a lot of Yano's matches, but still, this match in particular felt very different than what either man usually does. Although, if you saw some of Yano's matches in last year's G1 Climax, you might recognize at least one tactic that he attempts again. That's all I'll say though, so just watch the match. But we're not done with Night 5 yet. The fifth match on my New Japan Cup 2020 Best Of list happened in the main event of Night 5. It was the second round match between Yuji Nagata and Kazuchika Okada. After Nagata's performance against Minoru Suzuki, he became my sentimental favorite in the tournament. Like, realistically, I knew he wouldn't win the whole thing, but I was pulling for him anyway and even though I really like Okada, I didn't really want to see him win the cup this year. I wanted someone different to challenge Naito, and I wanted to see some different matchups in the tournament. If Nagata could get past Okada, then I thought he had a very strong chance of at least making it past the next round and into the semifinals. Regardless of the outcome, Nagata vs Okada was a great match. Nagata came into the match doing what he did against Suzuki, which is to say, Nagata tried to hit Okada really hard a whole bunch of times. Nagata tended to have the advantage when they were exchanging strikes, but Okada was able to diversify his own attacks to the point that Nagata had trouble adjusting and defending. It was still a pretty close match though, and I was thoroughly entertained by it. The investment I had in pulling for Nagata helped to make it even better. We're not quite done with the second round though, because the 6th match on my best of list is Taichi vs Kota Ibushi during the 6th night of action on July 1st. As I mentioned before, Taichi and Saber were in a heated feud with Ibushi and Tanahashi, so it was no surprise that this was a chaotic match full of distractions and cheating. Over the past couple of years, Taichi has really become an interesting guy. He can stand up and fight with some of the best guys in the company, but he just loves to cheat. A lot. He tends to have multiple weapons at his disposal, and he's going to use distractions at pretty much every opportunity. Also, Chi and Saber had really gotten to Ibushi by this point, so Ibushi was fighting angry and that anger sometimes made him careless. Taichi and Saber took advantage of that, and even though Ibushi more or less dominated when it was one on one in the center of the ring, having Saber and Tanahashi at ringside meant that this was essentially a two on two match. I didn't really think the winner of this match would go on to win the cup, mostly just because the tag title feud felt more important than having just one of them go on to try for a singles title. I wouldn't have been surprised if this match had ended in a double disqualification. It didn't, but I had no faith that the winner would progress past the quarterfinals. Not because they weren't capable, all of these guys are clearly capable of winning the cup. But I didn't think they would move on even to the semifinals because their focus was on each other way more than their focus was at all on Naito. One man that was completely focused on Naito, though, was... Once again, Hiromu Takahashi, and he once again makes my New Japan Cup 2020 best of list in my final match recommendation. Hiromu Takahashi fought Tomohiro Ishii in the quarterfinals during the 7th night of action on July 2nd. Takahashi proved to be one of the most versatile wrestlers in the cup this year, and he modified his style once again to attempt to battle Ishii face-to-face in Ishii's preferred method of giving and taking a beating until someone just can't stand up anymore. Takahashi started with strikes first, and that seemed to take Ishii by surprise. It took a little while for Ishii to start fighting back, but once he did, Ishii repeatedly put Hiromu down to the mat. Hiromu often seems to have little regard for his own well-being. That can serve him well at times, but it can also be very dangerous for his chances of winning, not to mention his chances of walking. I think his decision to fight Ishii face-to-face for most of this match was risky, but it was ultimately a good decision, for him and for those of us watching. Ishii often seems to end up being kind of a test case for a lot of guys who are looking to gain respect and move up in the rankings. I remember being thoroughly impressed with Tai Chi's match against Ishii in the G1 last year, and I think Hiromu achieved the same kind of success in this match. I mean, I already like Hiromu a ton, but seeing him trade strikes with Ishii kind of opened him up to a wider range of opponents. Hiromu could easily be the next junior heavyweight to transcend division barriers. Though, I guess it could be argued that he's already kind of done that. That's one reason why I was pulling for Hiromu to win the cup, and one reason why I thought it was a realistic possibility that he would. Of course, I don't think it's much of a spoiler to reveal that, no, Hiromu Takahashi did not win the New Japan Cup. I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about who won the cup, because it's been all over the internet. So from here, I'm going to talk about what the New Japan Cup was building to, which was Dominion. So... Evil won the New Japan Cup. He did it in a dastardly fashion with a ton of cheating and more than a little outside help. Evil had been a cheaty bastard throughout the whole tournament, and really, he had been the cheatiest member of LIJ for a really long time. After all, one of his signature moves is wrapping a chair around a guy's head, and then hitting that chair with another chair. I thought Evil's matches were good in the tournament, but as you heard, none of them made it into my personal best of list. I like Evil, but I like pretty much everyone else in LIJ more. Well, maybe not Bushi. Bushi's fine. But my point is, if they had to pick one member of LIJ to betray the rest of the group, Evil makes the most sense. I mean, he is evil after all. And yeah, that's just what he did. Immediately after Evil won the cup, he called Naito down to the ring. Naito was basically like, hey, cool, let's have a good match. And Naito put his hand up in the LIJ salute, but when Evil raised his hand to meet Naito's fist, Evil's fist turned into a two-sweet. Bullet Club came out and Evil joined them in a brief stomp session of Naito, then the rest of LIJ chased Bullet Club away, and Evil went with them. Fast forward to the main event of Dominion, and Evil already has new Bullet Club gear, his hair is down in his face, and he's actually kind of smiling a lot. The double title match he had against Naito was good, though it wasn't my favorite match when compared to the New Japan Cup, and it wasn't even my favorite match of the night. Still, what it did do well was to establish Evil as a total butthole who I want to see lose a lot. The result of the match was surprising and, yeah, more than a little disappointing for me as a huge fan of Naito, but I can see what they're doing. Bullet Club had a poor representation in the New Japan Cup, which is something I noticed as it was happening. Now, I'm not saying Bullet Club isn't talented, they are, but with Jay White and Kenta not around right now, they struggle to stay relevant against the other factions. Bullet Club had four members enter the tournament, but only one of them made it out of the first round. Taiji Ishimori made it to the quarterfinals, but even then, there were multiple nights during the series of shows where Bullet Club had no representation whatsoever. That's kind of a problem. But, if you look at it retroactively, with Evil as a member, then Bullet Club outsmarted everyone and won the whole thing. Plus, Dick Togo joined Bullet Club during Dominion, and that's awesome. I think Evil will be a good guy to hate. I think the smartest thing they did to make people, and when I say people, I mean me, hate him, is when he attacked Milano Collection AT during his match with Naito. Milano has been a huge supporter of evil, and for the longest time when he's on commentary, we see him go into this trance, and he has his little mini evil scythe and his evil hologram thing, and I love Milano, so seeing evil make a point to break Milano's mini scythe and to throw him against the barricade sealed it. Evil is a huge jerk, and I feel good about wanting to see him lose all the time. Of course, that means he won't lose all the time, but hey, that's wrestling, and that's why I love it. I equate Evil's attack on Milano Collection AT to a much lesser extent to when Kenta attacked Katsuyori Shibata when he joined Bullet Club. Like it wasn't as big of a deal, but it's the same kind of energy. A sacrifice was made of a well-liked, innocent person and that made the bad guy that much more hateable. The only other things I'm going to mention about Dominion are the other two title matches. The IWGP heavyweight tag team titles were, of course, on the line with Abushi and Tanahashi defending against Saber and Tai Chi, or going by their tag team names, Golden Ace vs. Dangerous Techers. I liked the match, but once again, Saber and Tai Chi managed to throw Abushi off enough to have him make mistakes, and they managed to just absolutely destroy Tanahashi. By the end of the match, it was almost uncomfortable. Abushi was out at ringside, and Taichi held Tanahashi while Saber repeatedly hit him with dragon screw after dragon screw. Now, they'd done this before, but never to this extent. They were trying to tear Tanahashi's knees apart, just like they'd done for weeks leading up to the match. The finish was academic at that point, and even though I'm a huge fan of dangerous techers, the win felt kind of dark. They'll be great champs, though. My favorite match of Dominion, though, was Shingo Takagi versus Show for the Never Openweight title. I've already talked about their New Japan Cup match, so I won't go into details about this one. All I'll say is that everything I loved about their Cup match and the match they had back at the Best of the Super Juniors last year was built upon in this title match. As much as I love Shingo, I was kind of pulling for Show to win. It would have been an upset for sure, but I really think Show is right at the edge of moving beyond the junior tag titles. He could win the junior heavyweight title at some point, sure, but there seems to be a strong push by a lot of guys to break through into the heavyweight division, even if they're not technically a heavyweight. But there's always the openweight title. And I think that's what makes the never-openweight title so exciting. The matchups have tended to be dominated by more brutal, strong-style matches, but it feels like Shingo is opening that up somewhat. His matches with Sho have been heavy on the strikes and beatings, but there's also a big junior heavyweight element to them. And now El Desperado is going to challenge Shingo, which opens things up even more. I like it all very much. And I hope you liked hearing me talk about all of this. I've been trying to stay more consistent watching New Japan this year, and other than Fantastic Mania, I've seen every show from this year that's been uploaded to New Japan World. Cutting a certain other promotion out of my weekly watch list has freed up a lot of time, so I'm able to keep up with New Japan, AEW, and Stardom a whole lot better than I was before. And I want to share my love of these promotions, so hopefully some of you out there will get something out of shows like this. And if you're not watching any or all of the promotions I just mentioned, maybe my enthusiasm will get you to watch at least a match or two here and there, because I know I've been seeing some great stuff this year. So thanks for listening, and be sure to check out everything Joey and I do on the Wrestling House Show, which you can find... On CNJRadio.com, the home of the CNJ Radio family of podcasts, and where you can also find our ongoing series of Super Show Retro Reviews, where we will continue to revisit classic and maybe not so classic wrestling shows from the 80s and then eventually the 90s and beyond to the present day. Check it all out on CNJRadio.com and leave us a comment on our Facebook or on Twitter at House Show. And until next time, Evil's a Butthole. Bye.